Hello and welcome to Pain Uncovered, episode two. Big thanks to everybody who's given us feedback on our neck pain uh, podcast. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, we're going to bring you today a little bit of information about the thoracic spine. So just a reminder, I'm Liam Swain, a clinical specialist physio, and uh, we've got John here with us, who's the director at 8th Element. Hey guys. Hand over to John just to do a little bit of uh, information about the anatomy of the thoracic spine. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, for those who listened into the Neck Pain podcast, it's, it runs along a similar line to that. Um, but obviously within the thoracic vertebra or thoracic spine, the midwek, we've got 12 vertebra. Um, and you may hear us refer to them as uh, T1 through to T12. And the T stands for thoracic. It's just a simpler way for us to denote. Now, these allow us to flex, extend and rotate through the spine, which is really, really important in that thoracic spine. Um, having mobility through the midsection is, is vital for movement, but it also has to be nice and stable. Um, now, as discussed um, previously, um, between the vertebra spongy intervertebral discs and essentially these are acting as shock absorbers for our body uh, they cushion bones so when you move around the bones don't sort of come in contact and, and wear out and surrounding those are ligaments and muscles which essentially hold the spine together give us our stability um, and allow us to to move um, in whichever way we want now each segment of the spine we have um, nerve that sort of come out at each level um, and in the thoracic spine it's really important for those sort of especially with the rib cage coming through um, giving us movement and and pain signals um, in and around they're supplying our lungs our, all our organs and our upper and mid body um, the biggest difference in the thoracic spine is the fact that our ribs attached to the sides of our vertebra um, and this creates an amazing amount of stability and protection for that for our vital organs um, but like I said, although we have that great stability, it's mobility that we need for functional movement. So Liam, with regards to um, pain within that mid-back, um, how about you run us through a few common causes um, or, or things you may see through clinic? Yeah, so lots of different reasons really that people get pain in this area. Now, one of the, the main things that clinicians should be looking for when someone comes in with pain in the thoracic area is that this pain could be referred from elsewhere it's very very rare but we should always be checking that there's not an organ that is referring there so um, some cardiac conditions some bowel conditions some lung conditions can refer pain there so mm. when people come in with pain in the middle of their back and I start asking them random questions related to those things they do look at me a bit strange but it's because we know where different organs refer to Chances are, if you've got pain in this area, it's absolutely nothing to do with your organs and it's absolutely nothing to worry about. But there are instances where it can refer there. So it's always good to get these pains looked at. Mm. Um, I think touch wood, I've never met a patient who's had a problem with any of those organs and referred um, the pain into the back. But it's just something that we need to be mindful of. Uh, but more physio-related things that we see in this area. Um, John mentioned um, that the ribs attach into these vertebra. And this is the biggest area I find that, that people struggle. So because a lot of us are forward-facing in our desk jobs or our sports and, and hobbies that bring us into a forward position, our ribs end up rotating forwards and down. This combined with a bit of stiffness in the back can lead to us having an affected posture, kind of a little bit of a hunchback, um, as you probably see with, with a lot of people 
sort of texting uh, posture, reading books, all of the things like that that tip us forward into that area. And don't get me wrong, for a short period of time, this is absolutely fine. But if you're in that position for six, eight, 10 hours of the day, the stiffness and tightness will build up in the middle of your back. This will lead to a lot of muscle groups in the area becoming stretch and elongated. And as we mentioned with the neck, if a muscle is put over a long stretch for a time period, that can then lead to it being weak. So you can probably tell exactly where I'm going with this. We then get stuck in this cycle again, where because of our positions that we've put ourselves in, areas get stiff and the opposing areas get weak, um, which then leads to us developing pain and movement dysfunctions, really. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I see uh, in the area. I think traumas themselves to this area are pretty rare. I mean, obviously, with things like rugby and stuff like that, you can get traumatic injuries. But most of the time, for me in clinic, I see more of movement dysfunctions and problems developing from, from other areas as well. Uh, John, I don't know if you see many other different sorts of uh, conditions around there. No, I'd agree with you with regards to the majority that come through are muscular problems. Now, um, sometimes these muscular problems present in the mid-back, but actually they're stemming from the upper or lower. Um, joint dysfunction, sort of running along the lines of osteoarthritis, um, facet joint degeneration, um, is, is a lot rarer, um, does come through. Um, but it might be down to direct trauma, like you mentioned, rugby or, or martial arts. There may be um, an impact injury into the ribs, which, which may cause the junction um, in, into the spine to become misaligned. So again, that, that's a little bit more sort of a rarer case, but muscular problems with regards to the restrictions um, in a, inhibited, um, inhibited muscles. Um, and functional sort of daily lifestyle issues create most of the problems we see through through the mid-back, yeah. Um, obviously in this area is where people mostly will spot scoliosis. So scoliosis is a curvature of the spine. Um, lots of people have a scoliosis, I do, to a very small degree. It gives me no grief, so I don't really bother about it. Um, but a lot of, obviously some people do get quite severe curvatures of the spine, and this is where you where you see it in, in, in the thoracic spine is where it's most apparent. This again gives us more reason to stretch and strengthen in the key areas around this area to provide the stability that we need to hold everything else nice and stable. Um, really true what you said about sort of other areas. So it might be that someone presents with neck pain or with lower back pain and actually when you examine them you think well that all moves pretty well. So you look at the level above and below so that would be the thoracic spine, this mid-back that we're talking about and actually that poor old thing doesn't move. So it's no wonder that the neck's hurting or the lower back's hurting because the middle part um, of you is not doing its job properly and has become stiff and is not moving freely. Um, which probably brings us on to what we do to treat it, really. Um, I mean, in terms of physical treatment in clinic, John, what sort of stuff would you use to, to treat somebody with a painful mid-back if it was, say, caused by stiffness? Um, again, for us, it's trying to identify the cause of that stiffness um, and whereabouts that is. Um, if it's um, a physical restriction, then we may go down the route of um, a high volume thrust, um, a manipulation or mobilization within the actual vertebra itself. Um, and actually, it's really interesting you say that. Um, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there as, as a buzzword of foam rolling. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back to you, Liam, with regards to what do you think about foam rolling through the, um, the mid-back? Because you see people all the time 
jumping on a foam roller and being like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to sort of release this lower back. I'm really tight. I'm really achy. I'm really stiff. Um, do you, do you advise foam rolling for the lower back, or does it depend on what their, depend on what their their symptoms are and such as well? Um, I think if somebody gets relief from it, then I tell them to carry on with it, um, and I ask them to try it and see if it does help their pain and dis- dysfunction in the area. But really, I try and make sure that I just educate that person that this is probably a little bit of a posh painkiller. Um, and we need those things sometimes. Yeah. I jump on a foam roller. If my mid-back is, is achy and sore, yeah, I lay down on the floor and uh, have a little roll around on a foam roller and hope I get a few clicks and crunches. And it, it does feel great. Yeah. It feels really brilliant. Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't last that long. No. And I think that's, that's the key is, is if you're, you have physical restrictions within um, the vertebra section, then foam rolling in my opinion, is great. But many of the muscles that influence movement through the thoracic spine, um, the, most, the most noticeable being um, the spinal rectus, rhomboids, and mid-trapezius, um, they're very rarely mechanically shortened or overactive. So when it comes to foam rolling through that mid-spine for me, I would usually utilise that to mobilize the vertebra themselves because they don't really have much of an impact on lengthening um, the muscles, which I think a lot of people think they do. So some people jump on the muscles and uh, jump on the back and roll around and you see them twisting and moving. Um, And yet actually foam rolling through the spine doesn't really have much of an impact on muscular release. So again, coming back to your original question on on sort of treatments, it really does depend on what's causing causing the pain are they restricted through rotation extension do they have a slightly kyphotic spine or, or more so than normal and um, for those who aren't sure what that is that's basically just flexion um your your midsection of the back has a natural flexion to it all right so slightly kyphotic anyway but too much going into that heavy head forward change up sort of position can cause problems so um muscular release is great it definitely helps um reduce any sort of pain symptoms and responses but it's understanding that each level if there's a specific segment of that spine if there's a restriction there or actually are they weak um, is it a postural weakness that's causing this issue and if so then we need to look to strengthen that midsection of the back um, we find so many people and we kind of touched on it last last week with regards to upper crossing syndrome so many people are very much shoulder chest an upper back dominant and very rarely do they focus on strengthening the lower back or oh, sorry they do the lower back but more so the mid back the lower lats the the base of the sort of shoulder blade region and through rotation as well again very much a flexion extension sort of movement in strength very rarely do they strengthen rotation and work rotation so yeah a lot of the stuff we see is 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 a bit of bit of a mixture they may have joint dysfunction but nine times out of ten it's because of poor movement in the first place and i think that's the the big thing to to be aware of is when we mention rotation in the mid back it, it is it kind of is what it says in the tin it is that rotation of taking your torso from one side to the other which in relation to back pain a lot of people frown upon twisting and say oh no you should never twist you know you can get bad back blah 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 but 
actually, when you think about it in day-to-day life, twisting is a huge thing that we do. And if we never exercise in a way that causes the twist of the spine, well, we, we won't be very good at it. And then we probably will hurt ourselves. You look at the last time you got something out from a, from a kitchen cupboard, maybe a corner cupboard. What did you do? You got down on your knees and you twisted around that corner. If that was heavy and you'd never twisted and never exercised in a way to get you strong and flexible in twisting, you probably would hurt yourself. And if we do get stiffer and tighter in this twist in action, the vertebrae just kind of stiffen up, tighten up, and then lead to problems then, then arising. So don't be scared of twisting motions when you're looking to exercise and get more flexible. And we mentioned last time in relation to the neck um, about exercising in kind of safer positions. So laying on the floor for, for your neck can be quite nice. To increase the amount of rotation in the middle part of your back, personally, I find a really nice way to do that is in kneeling. Because in kneeling, you're less likely to use your lower back and you're less likely to use your shoulder. So it's kind of based on a Pilates move called the thread the needle. You go on all fours, um, nice comfortable position of your back, not overarched, just comfy. And then you take, say, your right hand and you thread it through the gap between your left hand and your left hip. And you really rotate and try and get that feeling. And for me, I find that really nice as a way of introducing rotation into somebody's movement. Really important for athletes, even just people in, in day-to-day life, things like gardening, etc. It can be a really nice way almost to warm up before those functional activities to try and get the vertebra moving in a way that, that we need them to. Uh, gotten any tips or tricks that you do to help with that movement in particular yeah absolutely so just touching on what you've just mentioned now I, I recommend that to, to any athlete especially especially runners because of the sort of kinetic energy that builds up through the arm swing if there's if their midsection of the back isn't um, rotating efficiently or if it's not warmed up in that position they're, they're losing energy losing performance so yeah the rotation um, moving alongside that I'd say Having an idea for, for this is directed towards the listeners, having an idea of whether you are restricted in rotation is a really nice way to then understand, right, you know, with regards to what Liam and John are talking about, what can I put in place? So Liam, if it's all right with you, I'm going to go through a little self-test that people can sort of maybe try and do for thoracic rotation. And it's, it's very similar to the, the setup you just mentioned for thread the needle, which is a great exercise. Um, so essentially what, as a listener, what I want you to do is when you get a bit of time is find a little bit of space and get into what we call the quadruped position, which is basically on all fours, hands and knees. Now, in order to try and attempt to isolate thoracic rotation, all I want you to do is sit your hips onto your heels and place the forearms on the ground. Um, this helps pull um, a really important ligament um, taut, which helps prevent lumbar rotation. From here, place one hand behind your head, okay, um, and attempt to rotate the mid-spine in the direction of the hand. So you're almost opening your, your chest and rotating the elbow towards the ceiling or towards the sky. Um, and that is the test. It's as simple as that. And obviously, you'd want to repeat on both sides. Now, ideally, you want to be looking for roughly 35 degrees rotation in each direction. Now, obviously, you're not going to be able to measure that. But if you think of what 90 degrees rotation would be, half that down to 45 degrees, are you in and around that region? Um, if you are on one side, not on the other, then there's a definite deficit there. And symmetry is key here. So if, if you're not, then we definitely need to look to understand why that is and how to 
how to sort of look to rectify that, whether that's through professional help or self-help. Um, Mobility-wise, there are so many, so many exercises you can do for thoracic. Um, and with regards to rotation, I really like, especially if you have a band, um, well, touching on thread the needle, um, you can do that with a TheraBand. So follow as you're in that end, end range thread the needle position where your arms tucked through between your hand and your knee. Um, if you're holding on to a TheraBand or a resistance band and that band is physically pulling you through, you get a really nice assisted stretch. Now, at the same time, we can actually look to strengthen and activate the muscles by gently pulling against that band, keeping the arm straight and just rotating through the mid spine, keeping the shoulders level and then letting it pull you back into that deep stretch. So it's a really nice sort of mid-back assisted stretch with a bit of um, strength in rotation alongside it. Um, I prefer um, for a nice mobility movement um, is to get into a lunge position. So if you're against a wall into a lunge position um, and with the hand that's nearest the wall, I like to basically rope, slide that hand up into flexion so it's right out in front of me, take it all the way up and over my head and basically rotate my body in the direction my hand's going to try and get that hand right behind me. So it creates this really smooth rotation through the spine. And doing that with your, with your right side against the wall then turning around doing that left side against the wall, it's a really nice way to see and feel where the restricted points in that um, arm movement is affecting the sort of spinal rotation as well. Any any others from you little top top go tos here? I think they're probably similar to what I use for most people. I think um, as we mentioned earlier, that sort of thread the needle using a band or in the gym you can do it using a cable machine. It acts really nicely just to to help generate that little bit more movement, mm. um, or even sometimes asking a partner or anything indoors just to pull your hand a little bit further can really help just to generate an extra little bit of rotation there. Um, doing those sorts of things is really vital if you have had physical treatment. So, um, for instance, if I do manipulations and mobilizations on someone's mid-back to help generate some extra movement for them, it's then vital that that person goes home and does those things probably more than, than what I would recommend uh, normally uh, because it just creates that extra stimulus to, to get that movement um, going, really. Yeah. Try and create a normal, a normal pattern. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But really key what you mentioned about comparing left to right. And it's surprising the amount of people who have a difference in movement on the left side versus movement on the right side, which makes perfect sense, really, when we think about what we do day in, day out. Or, you know, I'm right handed dominant and, and very much that way. So I generally rotate further on my right side because I use that for everything when I'm reaching, pulling, doing anything along those lines. So make sure you are comparing your left and right side. And if you have got a restriction, then it makes sense to do more mobility work on the restricted side. Otherwise, you continue to have that, that imbalance going on, um, which affects loads of other things. So your neck, your shoulder blades, your lower back, even your hips. Um, you quite often see people with a, with a movement problem, maybe on their left upper back, but their right hip is painful because of the way in which the body is moving and the kinetic chains like you, like you mentioned, John. Yeah. And I think it's important, again, when it comes down to that, is you understand why that why that restriction or why that movement imbalance is there. Is it because of um, scoliosis? Is it a leg length discrepancy? Is it something to do with the positioning of the pelvis? Um, all of this can trans 
sort of translate up into that mid back. So it's important to identify, and you're not just sort of doing these exercises on a whim. Um, and identifying the source of pain is is most definitely key. Um, and it comes down to the body being one big sling and chain. Everything works together. And if one area, if if, if you're imagining a chain, if one link is broke, that chain is going to be ineffective. And that's the same as the whole body. And now that link might be down into your big toe, but that actually is going to affect how everything else moves and functions. Um, I mean, I think extension um, of the spine is really underestimated in the thoracic region, especially um, with um, people who rely on shoulder movement. And I, I know we touched on it very briefly in the neck pain um, with regards to limitation and impingement in the shoulder. Now, obviously, if um, the, the cervical spine is, is, is strong, in the position it needs to be. We've also already mentioned about the sort of setup and the posture for that. If you're limited in extension through the thoracic spine, when you move your arm into shoulder flexion, so up in front of you all the way to overhead, um, might be down to sort of gym movements, throwing balls, climbing, um, any movement where the, where the arm, arm is required in that overhead position. During the overhead position, the shoulder blade has to upwardly rotate. So basically the bottom of the shoulder blade pushes into the rib cage, which encourages extension of that thoracic spine. Um, and therefore if the thoracic spine can't extend properly and freely, then the shoulder blade can't tilt into the correct position and therefore the shoulder joint. So again, it's sort of correlating back up into the shoulder joint now. It can't go into full flexion. So you're going to be really restricted in, in shoulder movement. And over, if, if you're just, pushing through exercise or really trying to force the joint and muscles into that movement, you're going to end up with sort of an impingement and, and another uh, into a shoulder injury. Now that may have come from or stem from a limitation in, in extension of thoracic spine. So it's important that we look at, you know, the, the mobility of the thoracic spine in, in, in general. Um, and again, if, if you're not sure on whether you are um, restricted in, your thoracic extension a really nice little test is just laying on your back now we lay you on the back with this one because when you're laying on the back you don't have to sort of stabilize um, your body therefore the muscles can relax and move better so whilst laying on your back just pop your legs together um, bending your knees and hips with your feet flat to the floor so almost like you're, you're in this traditional sit-up position um, and then reach both arms out in front of you so 90 degrees so essentially your arms are locked out um, positioned up towards the ceiling or if you're outside up towards the sky now the key here is to keep your elbows locked don't don't bend your elbows in any way and from there just allow your arms to continue to move into this overhead position um, and see how far or see how near the ground you can get now with your elbows locked you should be able to get all the way to the floor or very close to your arms touching the floor behind you um, now if you have reduced thoracic extension you'll probably compensate in one of two ways you either bend your elbows so you can finish and terminate that movement um, or you'll feel the bottom of your rib cage start to elevate and it might create a bigger sort of arc in that lower back um, that being said you may just force your arms to the ground simply because we told you to try and get your arms to the ground you don't really want to be doing that um, and again it's just a nice way to identify whether that can be a restriction in your in in that thoracic itself. Now, if you feel it really tight, the areas 
from a muscular point of view to focus on. Maybe making sure that your chest is nice and, and released and, and not too restricted, again, coming into that sort of rounded shoulder position and making sure your lats, your big back muscles running all the way into the back of your shoulders and armpit uh, are nice and uh, lengthened as well. And, and it may be that, you, that we sort of discuss a little bit about how to open those up on a different sort of day. But, you know, there's, there's a few sort of little things you may want to look at if you're struggling with that movement. And that's um, seen within the clinical sort of evidence and literature that's out there that when you look at um, shoulder problems and rotator cuff problems, which we'll talk about um, at a later date, that actually 70% of people who have those problems when clinically tested have stiffness within the mid-back area. Mm. Um, and of that 70%, then in it, of that 70, 50% then go on if you treat that um, area of the back that their symptoms of their shoulder improve without any actual treatment on their shoulder um, which is interesting which kind of just really emphasizes the point that we made earlier that everything is connected firsthand speaking um, about noticing that that area of my back was was stiff uh, when um, we bought our house and I was decorating for what feels like months on end but it's probably more like a couple of weeks doing things like painting a ceiling, painting walls where you are bringing your back into extension. My goodness me, my mid back was aching like crazy because it was a movement that I wasn't used to. Um, I don't really do an awful lot of overhead work, a little bit of overhead press in the gym, but that's about, about all. So it was an absolute shock to the system and, and kind of made me realize the importance of this area in the back and kind of checking it and screening it with athletes and individuals to see where that stiffness comes from because when it doesn't move well, it really impacts on, on everything else in the area. And it is one of those areas that I say to people, you're probably not going to go far wrong with just doing an extra little bit of mobility and an extra little bit of strength work around there because essentially it's the middle chunk of your spine. And your spine is the thing that connects your upper and your lower body together. So if it moves a bit better and it's a little bit stronger, functionally, you're probably going to do yourself a favor, really. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And now having, um, having structural stability through that thoracic spine and, and mobility more so helps facilitate the stability of your, of your upper neck too. So it has a knock-on effect if you are struggling with those neck issues we discussed last week. Make sure that you are taking care of your mid-back because you might find that your mid-back is, is causing a lot of the restrictions or, or the issues in that upper, upper neck also. Excellent. Strong and stable. That's what I'll always say. Let's get you strong and stable. And if it is, then chances are most things will improve. So yeah. make sure you take that on board, everybody. Absolutely. I'll be interested to hear from the, uh, from the listeners as to um, whether they suffer with any sort of mid-back. And if you guys get the chance, maybe, maybe run those simple tests that we just spoke about, incorporate a little bit of uh, mobility movements through the back and strength movements through. Um, rotation extension too and let us know how that affects your body if you feel like you were struggling a little bit before how do you feel after um, a huge a huge one this will affect is golf swings golf players um, it's always always one side dominant because you're only ever swinging one way um, so you guys will have uh, a big difference between the left and right it's well worth working um, bilaterally so both both directions on, on this one 100% and if you have a bad round of golf, just say, oh, my thoracic spine stiff. <laughs> Usually that confuses people and then it's not your fault. Problem solved. Problem <laughs> solved. Um, 
Liam, anything else you want you feel we should cover on this? We, we didn't actually, that being said, we didn't really cover much strength work. How do you strengthen rotation? Well, your, your top one or two exercises. Uh, strength and rotation. So in the early stages of strengthening, I will get people in an isolated position. So as you said, that, that kind of kneeling position um, and do the kind of thread the needle with a band um, or pulling through a weight or moving a kettlebell in that position can be really nice as well. And then I'll slowly integrate them up upwards from there. So from the floor, we then go into sort of maybe a half kneeling position and we would again use a band and do like a trunk rotation in that position there. Um, and slowly moving forward into a lunge and then into standing when we then look to integrate the, the mid and the lower back. So really depends on the person and what they present with. But yeah, probably starting in, in all fours and working with some rotation with a, with a band and then just coming upwards. And like I mentioned last time about breathing and, and being important, it's probably more important in this area because the diaphragm is is right there um, in the middle of that sort of thoracic region. So slow and controlled breathing, allowing the ribs to expand while you are doing your strengthening exercises is really important to allow a natural and free contraction um, and movement of the rib cage to assist in our thoracic movement um, and just a generalized better posture and, and a better position that we, um, that we find ourselves in. Yeah, what are your go-to's, John? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate from the strength ever so slightly and just sort of touch things you mentioned breathing, um, how important that is, especially through thoracic extension. And if you feel like you're struggling with this sort of rolled shoulder, bad posture at the computer desk or, or over kyphotic sort of curve in the upper back, then and the foam roller can be brutal. Um, and essentially you don't want to be beating yourself up all the time. So get a nice bath towel, roll it up, pop it under the mid back, and you can adjust your body. Um, body's position over that towel so you can go as high or low as you want and just focus on your breathing so there's there's a nice comfortable towel rolled up bring your arms into this sort of um, nice degrees flexion or take it all the way over into um, overhead position and just focus on your breathing nice deep breaths in through diaphragm and out through diaphragm and you'd be amazed at how your body then molds and relaxes and the ligaments relax and the muscles relax through that towel because you're not forcing it and you're not beating it up. Um, so it's a really nice way to sort of disengage that sort of um, thoracic stiffness and allow the body to naturally just relax into a better extension with a little bit of an assistance from a rolled up towel. And I love doing that after I've been on the computer desk all day, just sort of jumping in the front room, popping it in between my shoulder blades and just really relaxing and breathing into it and out of it. Um, and you'd be amazed at how how good it feels afterwards. Your back feels a little bit more alive. Lots of fresh oxygenated blood flow. Um, yeah, feels light. When it comes back to the strength one, I think my go-to um, strength one, especially if you want to keep it a bit more isolated um, into that all fours position, but you want to make it more advanced or, or so, I'll go into almost like a, a bear crawl, a monster crawl position. So um, essentially you're in the all fours position um, but instead of being on your knees, you just bring yourself up onto the balls of your feet. So your knees are hovering off the ground. So it just incorporates so much more core and lower back. Now with that, I may pop a little um, kettlebell or if you're at home, just any form of resisted weight, uh, bottle of water, whatever it may be, to the side of you. And you're going to move into almost like the thread the needle position. So with, in this instance, say we're in that bear crawl position, you're going to take your right hand, pass it between your left hand and left knee, grab the weight and pull it, just drag it through 
to the right side. Now, when you're doing that, making sure that the hips and the pelvis aren't rotating and twisting and that you're, you're not over-rotating with, um, with the shoulders as well when it, when it comes to pulling it back through. Pop, pop the right hand down, take your left hand through, drag the weight back through. So you're basically just dragging a weight from left to right, but you're holding this really hard, strong core position. Um, and it's just great for movement control. You'd be amazed at how many um, strong athletes we have through clinic that can't perform the simplest of movements sometimes. So, so although, although the fun Instagram videos of, you know, getting a medicine ball and slamming it down at an angle and switching into a jump lunge and pulling up something else at a different angle to get rotation looks amazing, looks athletic and fun. The, f the fact is a lot of people don't have the foundations to do that. Um, so it's really important that, like you said, you understand who is in front of you or as a listener, you understand your level and you either start on all fours, progress into kneeling, go into standing, maybe add a little bit of proprioception, so balance disc underneath some of those positions to make them harder, um, getting the ligaments firing up a bit more into more functional movement based where you can have a bit more, a bit more fun, but you need to make sure that the foundations are there first. Definitely, definitely. So I think that hopefully covers the main areas of the thoracic spine. So keeping it mobile, uh, loosening off any restricted areas, keeping it strong, keeping it stable and functional. And that should hopefully help us to limit the pain and injuries that we, that we get in that area, but also other areas as well, predominantly neck, lower back um, and hips and pelvis too. So I hope you've all found that helpful. Um, and if you've got any questions, then please get in contact. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Hopefully you're still all awake and we will catch you for the next podcast. Um, should be next week. And we're going to be targeting the lower back, focusing on common injuries um, around the lower back. And after that, we will probably move into more specific injuries um, like rotator cuff issues, shoulder impingement, maybe dabbling in scoliosis. So if you have common injuries that you would really like us to cover, feel free to drop us a message and we'll pop that on the list to cover. For now... Take care, guys. Enjoy listening. Have a nice week. Take care. See you later.